Texas talking oh. What was that that you said Texas talking oh. Gonna hoop upside your head Texas talking Tell me who can you trust When Texas guys This is State Representative Todd Hunter of Corpus Christi. Welcome to the Tribcast. In case you're wondering where Evan is this week, I just left breakfast with him at Kiko's in Corpus Christi. Now, he liked it so much, he may never come back to Austin. And now, here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the Tribcast for the third week of December. I'm joined by Executive Editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. Reporter Amon Bathija. Hi. And Reporter Jim Malowitz. Hey there. Boy, we managed to get through that without anyone making a single snarky comment. We can Wonder come how back that happened. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Jim uh, is sitting in Evan's chair, and that's normally where most of the bad behavior. Well, you're up, up your snark game here. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> all right, we'll give you a little time. Um, all right, well, because we always, always get a few good last-minute surprises uh, during filing week, why don't we start off by talking about what we saw on the uh, end up on the Texas ballot? The number one surprise, and that was former Harris County Adrian, uh, former Harris County Sheriff Adrian Garcia deciding he's going to run for Gene Green's congressional seat. Uh, what's up with that? He just really needs a job? He claims that it's all about Trump, that it's he's not Abby, uh, our D.C. reporter. Livingston, <laughs> <Thank> yes. <you. laughs> Good old Abby. Uh, uh, spoke to Gene Green yesterday and, uh, and, and Adrian Garcia, and Adrian uh, called Gene right before he filed and said, I'm going to file. And Gene Green was kind of shocked because they've been kind of friends for a long time. Like more than f friends, right? I mean, haven't Political they like allies and, you know. been in each other's homes and stuff like that? And uh, Adrian Garcia said that he has he's not running against Gene Green. He just thinks all of Trump's uh, anti-Hispanic rhetoric means that Hispanics have to step up, I guess. And so basically he's saying, I don't disagree with Eugene Green on anything, but I think a Hispanic should be in this job, not a white guy. It's, it's Pretty much. A, it's, it's not you. It's just a phase in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, how? first of all, is this a legitimate, I mean, how do you sort of spin this? So he basically runs for Houston mayor, doesn't win. Right. He gives up the job as sheriff because you, can't, you know, can't hold one and run for the other. So he gives up the job as Harris County sheriff, runs for mayor, finishes third, and... You know, is kind of looking around for something to do and, you know, files at the last minute for the congressional seat. You know, it just looks like he wants a job in politics and, you know, friends be damned. And it seems like it was really last minute. One of our reporters talked to him uh, that the on the filing night and uh, she asked him, what have you done to prepare for this race? And he what said, what have you done for me lately? And he said, well, I filed. <laughs> That's all he'd said. <laughs> he had literally decided that day. I mean, do you think, so what do you think his chances are then? It, you know, this was drawn ages ago as a, as a, what's called a Hispanic opportunity seat. And, you know, under, under voting rights law, it's basically a district where the, you know, uh, Hispanic voters are predominant and have, as the law puts it, the opportunity to elect the candidate of their choice. It's not, doesn't guarantee an Hispanic candidate. It guarantees those voters you know, uh, a voice here. And they've um, repeatedly chosen Gene Green, um, who was in the state Senate before that and the House before that. I think 12 times. I think he's a 12-term congressman now. Yeah. Um, you know, they really like him. He's got the district pretty well wired. His constituent services have been good. There aren't, you know, great, you know, wells of complaint there, you know, that I know of. And nobody's been able to successfully mount much of a campaign against him. This is interesting. I mean, if you're green, whatever you think about whether and why, you know, 
uh, Garcia's in this race, you, you look at it and you go, you know, this is serious. This is the sheriff of Harris. You know, this guy was sheriff five minutes ago. He just ran a mayoral campaign. His name ID's way up. He's Hispanic. Got to play hard. What's his What's his money situation, Garcia? I, you know, I don't know. And, you know, generally speaking, you can't convert from state and local races to federal races. A lot a lot of times you can convert back, mm-hmm. but the federal finance laws are, are so um, strict that, you know, you've got to start all over again. I haven't looked at their numbers. I assume a sitting congressman has a pretty good bankroll or, or so. the ability right. to raise a pretty good bankroll. And Green's on some pretty good committees and, you know. Also, I was already seeing some, like, you know, Hispanic legislators who were on Twitter yesterday saying, you know, we st- Gene Green has been good to us and, you know, we stand by him. I just wonder how much support um, Garcia is going to be able to pull away from those folks who've voted for him. You know, that, this is the problem is that there's not much complaint about the incumbent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, it's not really about, you know, whether, you know, Garcia is obviously a good, you know, a, a formidable candidate just because of the offices he's held and the race he just ran. But, you know. He picked a tough guy to beat. And Garcia has almost $1.2 million on hand. Garcia does? I'm sorry, Green does. Green, Green does. does. $1.2 million. $1.2 ought to do it. Garcia yeah. implied, <laughs> Garcia, he implied he has no money. Well, he so. starts at zero, yeah. I think, probably in a federal race. You know, and, But and the quotes in that story were killer. Yeah. I mean, the things these guys were, were saying <laughs> were pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's not the kind of race where you can rely on a sugar daddy or a sugar mama. You can't have somebody run in and give you a million dollars. you got to raise it in small increments. And, um like I say, you, you've got to find a well of dissatisfaction that has a lot of money in it, and I, I think this is a tough one. Is yeah. there is there a risk for Garcia? You know, if he you know, he he files and he finds out he doesn't have the support and he just withdraws. Like, I mean, is that going to doom his chances in future races? Withdrawal date is gone. Yeah, I think that mm, was yeah. too, so. It's uh, too late. Uh, so but I mean, I mean, yeah. or I guess if he like effectively just you know doesn't campaign. Well, he's uh, on the ballot. Yeah. You know, this is always you know, this is always troublesome. You know, you remember that the. Uh, I can't remember the name all of a sudden, but there was a Hispanic candidate who filed against Wendy Davis in the Democratic primary for governor uh, last year. Right. and Down in the Valley. Didn't really do anything. Ray Madrigal? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yes. And he's on the ballot again yep. this time in another race, in like a House race or something. Um, and didn't really do anything and got, you know, like 25 percent. This is a district with a lot of Hispanic voters, and they might say, you know, I voted for Adrian, before I'm, I might do it again. Um, right. Like I said, it's it's a race where Green should probably win easily, but he's going to have to campaign and, and work on it. Yeah. Well, another big race to watch will be the one for uh, Railroad Commissioner David Porter's seat. Um, Jim, for starters, do we have a, a clear sense of why he's not running again? Um, not really. I mean, we we got the sort of um, cookie cutter statement that I want to spend time with my family and and work on uh, the private sector. Spender, you don't like your um, family? <laughs> yeah. and, and it could be true, but... Um, We're going to you know, call there's, your wife. There's, yeah. there's, there's lots, of, uh, uh, lots, lots of questions about that over what changed. I mean, particularly because, um, actually, you know, as Ross wrote about in a, in a great column just, what, a week before he withdrew, um, you know, he had been sending these, like, really hyper-political statements. Yeah, very political statements. statements. out about, you know, Columns. Columns. threats. I mean, yeah. you can send political you know, stuff. But, right, right. But, you I mean, know... He was running and gunning. He was talking about radical environmentalist agenda and the threats um, that... ISIS poses to oil and gas infrastructure. Not and a guy who didn't seem, yeah, not a right. guy who seemed like he was bowing out of a race. Right. So, so there's, yeah, there's lots of questions about about what exactly changed, and um, um, I'm 
I'm working on that, trying to figure that out. I'm not quite sure yet. So. Yeah, he kind of sounded like Popeye after the spinach. I mean, he was ready to go. Was, yeah, ex- uh, that's what I thought, too. So, all right, so who is enlisted uh, to run against him at this point? So we actually have seven total candidates now. All, uh, all I guess, oh, or, or, sorry, Republicans? Sorry, se- seven Republicans, actually, huh. um, if, if I can name them all. Uh, Wayne, Wayne Christian is, is one of the more prominent ones. Um, if yeah, folks might recall, he lost to uh, Ryan Sitton in a runoff for uh, in last year's primary for sitting seat um and then uh we also have um we we also have another guy named christian yeah, the other christian who, the other christian who in is, the race. He was something of a mystery he's a railroad commission employee makes about fifty thousand dollars a year at the commission his name is lance and christian um, so what you're saying is he's qualified <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean he does uh, he's he's basically um uh he he knows he, he works in like the underground um um, well, I wonder if it'll be a denominational fight, whether the Baptist versus the Christ- Methodist or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just Christian v. Christian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there are a variety of names in this race. I, there is one big name who was thinking about getting in the race and who decided not to. After. Well, a couple. Oh, yeah. Two, oh, yeah. Actually. All right. But, but, yeah, I mean, J- Jerry Patterson, obviously, um, uh, you know, former land commissioner um, who enjoys um you know kind of being out in the in the spotlight it, it seems like and commenting on texas tribune stories commenting on our articles and and sort of uh, continuing to be in the news um and it sounded like he he had a like a pretty strong statement uh, a couple days before the filing deadline that it sounded like he was going to be in he's talking, about, talking about the, domestic the, terrorism the two jihads that we yeah you know including you know that against uh um Big oil in Texas, yeah. the jihad right. against oil. Right, um, and then uh, you know he kind of decided the last minute that he was he was going to pull out, and and interestingly also um, identified in his statement uh, uh, concerns about Donald Trump's presidency and saying that he couldn't tell voters to you know vote for him, and um, um, yeah yeah actually yeah so he said. He, I also believe a nominee of the Republican Party should be able to enthusiastically support all other Republican nominees um, with the possible, if not probable, nomination of Donald Trump for the president of my party. I could not do that. And he said, telling Trump supporters that they should vote for Jerry Patterson while simultaneously opining that anybody who votes for Trump is an idiot is not a good formula for success. Um, So that was fun. Um, So basically both he and Adrian Garcia were pinning their uh, prospective candidacies on Trump or the lack thereof. Trump is playing in everybody's race. I think, you know, Patterson was one of several people that, you know, Porter— Dropped. Was it Thursday of last week or Wednesday Thursday, of last week? Thursday, so, yeah. so with just a few days left before the filing deadline, and a bunch of people kind of floated trial balloons to see if they would be able to raise enough money to run this race. Gary Gates, who's running from yeah. Fort Bend County, yep. I guess, mm-hmm. uh, he's a former Senate candidate. He ran against uh, Lois Colcourse. He ran against uh, Larry Taylor years ago for the House. Um, has a lot of money, and so you know one of the problems out there for other candidates was can you raise enough money to compete financially with Gates in this short period of time. Keffer looked at it and said, I don't think so. Patterson looked at it. Keffer actually said on his way out, uh, this is Jim Keffer, who was House Energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, he's most recently Natural Resources, but he was a longtime um, uh, chair of the Energy Committee. He, he said he didn't think you could put a statewide organization together quickly enough right, to, right. to win this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Patterson jumped out, yeah. you know, probably, you know, put your finger up in the air and see if any money came. Well, and that'll, since so many candidates have to build up a campaign quickly, it'll be interesting to see who Porter endorses. And if that person maybe had a heads up that he was going to be. Right, right. And, you know, and Christian, who, you know, 
could be, you know, arguably like at least a, a front runner in that race. Um, he joined Wayne um, Christian. Or, or, sorry, yes, Wayne <laughs> Wayne Christian um, joined uh, um, the other Christian right before the filing deadline as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that shakes out. Um, well, let's move over to the Senate, where there are some races that are shaping up to be good ones. I think the one that you know most observers are going to be watching from the get-go is the uh, rematch between Jose Menendez and uh, Representative Trey Martinez Fisher. Ross, tell us what's what's at stake this in this race and why the outcome could be different than the previous. Uh, these are guys that came into the Texas House, you know, as allies and were pretty good colleagues. Their voting records are really, really similar. Menendez, Democrats, both, yeah. Uh, Menendez and. Martinez Fisher both ran in the special election earlier this year, I guess, to replace Letitia Vandepute in the Senate. And Menendez won, and won in part because a lot of business interests, uh, including Texans for Lawsuit Reform and some others, um, joined together. Right, right, yeah, conservative Yeah, conservative, yeah. conservative interests joined together and put together a campaign that attracted, you know, according to one theory of the race, a lot of Republicans to a special election who won't be able to vote in a Democratic primary. So, you know, if you're making the Martinez Fisher case here, you would say... Last time was a fluke. Trey is stronger with Democratic primary voters, and um, Menendez had to rely on Republican voters in order to win the special election. Those guys aren't going to be here this time. Therefore, it's kind of a Nintendo race. You know, these guys are the the people on the screen, but, you know, behind the scenes playing, you know, there's uh, Steve Mostyn and some other trial lawyers and some other sort of classically liberal end of the Democratic Party interests playing on uh, Martinez Fisher's behalf. I expect Texans for Lawsuit Reform and some of the business interests, some of the chamber interests to be playing on Menendez's behalf. And, and so they and still could a, play in this, right? I mean, even though this is a Democratic oh, primary, sure. they can play in it yeah, they don't care financially. About that. Yeah, yeah. They, absolutely. They, they can put all kinds of money into it. There's another race in, in um, San Antonio that um, kind of has some of the same dynamics. This is the Oresti madla race. Um, uh, Carlos Oresti is a state senator who defeated Frank Madla, I think, eight years ago, ten was, years ago? It was in 06. 06. Um, and um, Frank Madla has since died. His widow, Helen, is running against Oresti this time. And you could see some of those same kinds of interests playing in that race in an adjacent district. So, you know, Bear County may be really interesting this time. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's interesting about that race is that's, you know, American Phoenix made a big splash during the session. Everyone was worried about... These were the sort of spies going around with right. hidden cameras. And they, they, their purported aim was to impact the primaries. And that was the one filing where an American Phoenix video was at least alluded to, which was the arrestee video that appears to show him uh, in... In some kind of inappropriate behavior with it, a woman at a bar who isn't his wife. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a little dodgy. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not, a totally it's not dodgy like, video. It's not like a clear case of, you know, aha! You know, Colonel if, Mustard in the library with the lead pipe. But, you but know. well, and he- Helen Madla, in her press release announcing she's running, mentioned that uh, she there's a lot to do, and I believe our district is not getting what it needs from our current state senator, who seems more concerned with having a good time in Austin than representing his constituents. Zing. <laughs> I Which mean, is I'll... interesting, because that's how Oresti campaigned against Frank Madla, <laughs> saying he was living <laughs> off of the lobby and had a bar bill of 
um, $19,000. I forget the exact numbers, but, you know, it was basically, you know, Madeline's done a lot for his district, but he's living off the lobby. You know, turnabout's fair play. Yep. Right? All I have to say is if I were your SD's wife and I saw that video, no matter what that video really shows, I would not be a thrilled one. <laughs> uh, well, another um, barn burner in the Senate could be the very fun matchup uh, between Brian Hughes and David Simpson in uh, Senate District 1. Um, who wants to walk us through the... Uh, potential fireworks there. Uh, who's going to out-conservative the other? Yeah, this is Kevin Eltice district, um, and David Simpson and, you know, Brian Hughes both have been on the end of the Republican Party that was opposed to Joe Strauss in the House. Simpson ran against him. Hughes um, was For speaker, temporarily yeah. uh, in, a, in a speaker's race against him. So they're both from the conservative end of the pool, and, you know, they're, um, they both jumped into this race. It's um, there's another candidate, Red Brown. You could go to a runoff here. Um, Pro, there seems like there's a pretty. Uh, how yeah. many candidates are there? I mean, I th there's several. I, I think there's three main ones. I don't know if there's more than that. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, still kind of going through this. Um, Hughes seems to have the you know the upper hand at least at this point financially. We'll get a better look at that at the end of the year. Um, you know, and you know, I th I think this is a really competitive, interesting race, and it's one of those races where. I would imagine both of the candidates, both of the campaigns are looking up and trying to figure out what's going to happen in the presidential race and what kind of voters that's going to pull out. It's a different electorate than you get in a normal Republican year. So is the electorate that comes out for a competitive presidential race bigger but, you know, the same ideologically, or is it bigger and more moderate, or is it bigger and more conservative? Right. What exactly is it? Has Eltife endorsed in that race? No. And, I mean, if you're, you know, part of the anti-Strauss set, you know, both of these guys have been in your corner at one point. Who do you support? Do you support Do you support a Hughes because David Simpson is sort of more rogue and, you know, operates? Simpson is— to, Yeah, marches Simpson, to the beat of Simpson's his own drum. a little bit more of his own guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, sort of damn torpedoes. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Right. He, you know, he had a moment in the last session that I think is going to play heavily in this thing, which was basically he uh, was supporting— legalization of marijuana and on the conservative end of the pool some people don't cotton to that <laughs> and and he was supporting it because he says that that it's basically that it's god's will right you know that god made it so right we might as well smoke it right maybe not smoke it but <laughs> do what we want yeah, the roll them if you got them campaign. I, don't, I don't think he exactly said that <laughs> yes i'm paraphrasing <laughs> it was my interpretation um, um but that'll be the political interpretation and that's right. you know that's going to be tough to you know You've got some splaining to do. That's going to be tough. Right, right. Although I do think Texas is slowly moving in that direction. I mean, if David Simpson's moving that way. I don't think that'll be the first Senate district to flip on that issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, and then, of course, there's uh, Senate District 24, which is the seat being uh, vacated by Troy Frazier. Um, Susan King, the state rep, has said, you know, originally she said she wasn't sure she was running because she was having some um, mental health uh, concerns that she wanted to work through, some depression issues. Uh, she now says she is in that race, right, And, and as are several others. Right. She's back in the race. You know, the the difficulty here, it's, it, this is going to be interesting. You know, and she potentially wrote um, the opposition research for the other side. You know, right. uh, maybe she should be doing something other than running in this race. You know, uh, you know, the opponents might line up and say there's also this geographic problem in this race. This thing goes from Abilene. It has about two thirds of Taylor County. Uh, goes south through the hill country, Fredericksburg, and all of that, and then goes over on the east to Bell County. 
and um, the big pockets of votes are those three pockets, and, and there's not really a controlling deal here. So these candidates, you know, geographically split the thing up, I think philosophically split the thing up, um, and it's a big, giant district and hard to campaign in, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost a little bit of money. Don Buckingham is a ophthalmologist who practices in Austin. I think she lives in Lake Travis. Um, it seems like three-quarters of the people in that race are healthcare professionals. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> Susan King is married to Austin King, who's a former president of the Texas Medical Association. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's another uh, doctor in the race. Um, you know, so all of the trade groups are pulling their hair out. Um, it's going to be expensive, and, you know, I'd be very surprised if that didn't go to a runoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there are at least seven of them or something right. like that. So that's destined to... Uh, and then, so what's going on over in the House? What are the big races we should be watching over in the House, the primary matchups? You know, the big ones are the target races. So if you were kind of on the Strauss side, um, you know, I don't think Strauss himself is doing this. He certainly doesn't want his fingerprints on it if he is. Um, but, you know, there are some people that they would like to knock off who have been against Strauss. There are some people that the people who wanted to knock Strauss off have targeted, you know. And, and, and so there's races around. You know, Byron Cook is one of the main Strauss lieutenants that's under fire. Charlie Guerin, um, you know, um, I always blank. I do a Rick Perry here. On the other side, you know, the people who are trying to knock off opposition are pointing their guns at uh, Matt Rinaldi, at Molly White, at Jonathan Stickland, at Tony Tenderholt, people like that. Um, Lance Gooden is running again? Lance Gooden is running. There's a bunch of rematches. Yeah. There's a bunch yeah. of things where people say, you know, the the voters surely made a mistake last time. <laughs> <laughs> really probably want me back. Yeah. Um, the danger for a freshman, if you beat somebody and they come back to run against you, have you been in office long enough to establish your name? And do they have enough residual reputation, you know, that it's not a normal race? It's always, you know, a lot of people get back into the house, you know, get knocked off their... Uh, horse and then get back on. You know, Bill Clinton lost a go- governor's race in Arkansas and made a pretty good career after that. Right. So, but there's a lot of rematches on there. I counted, you know, something like ten. One House member who didn't get a primary opponent was Giovanni Capriglioni, which at the start of the session it was just a given he was going to get some. Really, well, the Tea Party folks who are particularly strong in that part of Tarrant County where mm-hmm. you used to cover, you know, were just like had you know hourly missives on. Giovanni leaving the fold, and well, because he supported Strauss uh, for speaker. Oh, right, yeah. And I remember listening to some um, uh, conservative radio stations the next day, and they were all just like livid. They could not. They felt so let down. Yeah, I mean, he that. really came in as, well, as sort of an anti-Strauss guy, you know, mm-hmm. as a really a Tea Party insurgent. And then I think he sort of took the David Simpson path a little bit, which is, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for exactly what I believe in. You know, damned if you guys think something different. And so that's not exactly the best way to endear yourself to, you know, the Empower Texans guys or the or the right. far right. So wanted to get some stuff done. What's going on with Elliot Neistat? Well, I have to. <laughs> so this dude cannot decide whether he wants to, <laughs> to run or not and finally the decision he made was he's out he's out and 700 people are in you know it's austin politics elliot's been in there since um you know adam had an even number of ribs i think and uh, <laughs> and you know it's been one of those seats where you know kind of pent-up demand i want to run for office but i won't i don't want to run against elliot you know it's a clearly democratic seat it's a city full of democrats and Half of them are running for the seat now. <laughs> yeah. Do Do we have a, any sense of, of why he's leaving? Is it just he's he's done? He's been there long enough? 
got things done or I, yeah i think he's just you know i think he just you know kind of came to the natural end of it you know and he went back and forth it was interesting he you know he'd been there'd been a rumor around for a while that he was thinking about not running and even his staff was like i don't know what he's going to do <laughs> um, talked to a couple of them and they were you know a couple of weeks out and they were like I don't know. And I think he was going back and forth. And Did he end up filing? He I came. Mean, he, he, I saw his name on the he list. He came out at one point and um, told us that, you know, I was not going to run. And then I sat up at 3 in the morning and said, oh, Elliot, you're crazy. Of course you're going to run. <laughs> and then 24 hours later or something like that. He woke up at 3 in the next morning. I guess he woke up at 3 <laughs> in the next yeah. morning. And uh, the little angel told him he had received the wrong message or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so he didn't run. All right, well, let's move on to deconstructing last night's GOP debate from the Ted Cruz perspective. In particular, there was this, you know, sort of much-hyped theory that we were going to suddenly get the Ted Cruz-Donald Trump matchup we'd been waiting for. They'd been sort of lobbing some little, you know, jabs at each other over the last few days. What ended up happening? Nothing. <laughs> Trump Stop was, the trip cast there. <laughs> Trump was given a clear chance to go after Cruz, and it almost seemed like the moderators were saying, you know, you, it's been a while, Donald. You haven't hit... Ted Cruz, yeah, would you like to now? And he basically said, nah. <laughs> so why is he saying nah? I mean, is it that the, you know, sort of behind the scenes he realized this wasn't going to work? There's no profit in it right now. I mean, you know, right now they But he was threatening to for days. Well, you know, Cruz said something in a, in a semi-closed situation. It was a small group and, you know, said something about Trump that was, you know, you know, mildly critical it wasn't like about his judgment yeah Yeah. i mean it was you know and so there was a little bit of you know there was kind of a parry back and forth but it wasn't um really serious and the question was you know the the political press is made up mostly of fight promoters you know as we know and you know we all love a punch fest and we thought all right now they're going to start fighting and i think they just sort of circled each other and moved on to other targets well and i wondered if it was also that jeb bush went after trump so hard that Trump and Cruz just didn't say a word. Well, it was interesting, you know, because because Jeb Bush was going after Trump and Marco Rubio was doing a pretty good job of going after Cruz. I think right. they had their kind of had their had hands their, full. Had their hands full. <laughs> do, you, do you have a sense? I got the sense when I was watching um, Jeb uh, attack Trump that, like, as Trump said, like you, he's he, uh, Jeb's a very nice person. It, it just <laughs> it seemed like it was so difficult for Jeb to do that. At least like it, there's just like this almost sort of awkward. Yeah, it's hard for him to hit over people. That, where, where it's like he's forcing himself to attack Trump. I still think he looks like his family made him run for president. Like yeah. He just doesn't look. He just doesn't this look. Does not look fun for it's him. Not the happy at warrior all. thing. I mean, the. I mean, to your point. I mean, he looked like he'd been coached in how to do this, and he was sort of hitting his marks on the you know do this and then say that and then do this and yeah, say and that. There, there's and, that moment too where. Um, uh, they were talking about the information, the the press information um, that that leaked uh, from uh, uh, leaked to China, like the Chinese um, um, hackers um, that that leaked from the White House. And then Jeb had like this moment where he said, where it looked like he was like, oh, I can attack the press like everybody else is doing, but he just didn't follow through. <laughs> it. He's like, well, maybe because the press information leaked, you'll get upset now. <laughs> like, right. You can see too many gears turning. Yeah, yeah. Right. I know. Um, the best, the best slaps in these things are the ones that are just sort of offhand. I thought the, you know, the cleanest um, slap of any candidate to any candidate was, you know, Chris Christie went off, and then Rand Paul came in after him and says, "Well, now we know which guy we want in the White House if we want World War III." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, well, yeah. you know, 
Well, I mean, I, I guess I thought it was interesting. You know, we had look. So, so Ted Cruz makes one remark about Donald Trump's judgment, and Donald Trump turns around and basically calls him a maniac and says he doesn't have the temperament, you know, to right. be in the White House. Which and, is just amazing coming from Donald Trump. Yeah, right. I know exactly. I mean, pot. You're crazy. Kettle. You're yeah. crazy. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I think I think you you knew how Ted Cruz was going to play it, right? Which was that Ted Cruz was going to stick with what has worked for him so far, clearly in the polls, and that is don't go after Donald. Donald Trump, you know, take the high road, sort of just wait to see how this plays out, you know, choose your battles with other people, but not with him. And it seems like Trump sort of got that message a little belatedly. You know, they started to fire off all these missives about Cruz. And then suddenly someone probably whispered in Trump's ear and said, you know, the same route, the same strategy that Cruz has been taking, you know, your numbers are slipping a little bit and he's moving up. You might want to well, you know, <laughs> turn some, it down. Something like the same strategy, you know, could work for either one of them. You know, there's this thing of you and me and the electorate. And if you or me drops, then it's just me and the electorate. You know, there was a great cartoon in the Washington Post of Trump walking on a high wire and and, uh, Ted Cruz on the ground below him with a net saying, don't worry, if you fall, I'll catch your supporters. Um, (laughs) That that cartoon would also work in a flip. You know, if you're, you know, nobody's figured out what the what the coalition is that's going to be 50 percent here. Trump and Cruz have so seemed to have sort of gotten an idea you know, which people will get them to 25 or 30 percent. Right. But you got to get the rest of it. And it looks like the other guy has it. So, you know, until you figured that out, don't don't do anything really trash. What did Trump say about Cruz last night? You know, I like him. He's a good guy. <laughs> there was yeah. like this moment when he was he's the a good kid. boy. He, yeah. Right. Exactly. So but meanwhile, you know, Cruz and uh, Marco Rubio were really just I mean, that became the storyline of the night. They were just sort of going at it over over immigration. I mean, what's so. So is this Cruz's strategy that that Rubio is a better, you know, is clearly the better foil for him than Donald Trump? I don't know that Rubio is the better foil mm-hmm. for him. That may be the strategy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I thought, um, I frankly thought Rubio won that exchange. I thought Rubio was really good under fire and was seemed to get, um, you know, seemed to have that uh, knack for getting more articulate the matter he got. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a really good trait. <laughs> Cruz, Cruz never really goes back on his heels. I mean, he's he's the best debater on the stage by far. You know, just sort of natural, you know, or natural or unnatural talent for debating. <laughs> Um, but I thought Rubio did better in those exchanges and actually got Cruz into a couple of positions that Cruz hadn't taken before, kind of pushed him into the corner. And Cruz's people deny this, but it seems like they, he caught him in a flip-flop. On, this legalization right, issue, right? right? I mean, th- there were a bunch of people on Twitter last night sharing uh, the story that our own J. Ru and Julian Aguilar wrote in 2013 that was clearly Cruz saying he supports a path to legalization. And then last night on stage, he said, I've never supported a path to legalization. And, you know, and absolutely no path to legalization will be in my plans or anything like that. So, But, but, but do facts really matter? Oh, Jim. Well, you know, this is the kind of thing that's so, you know, in, on, on some level, you know, the people who care about it really care about it. But it's kind of in the weeds. And you're listening to two members of the Senate argue about that procedural thing where you did that one thing and then there was that amendment thing and then there was that other (laughs) thing and pretty soon you're just going, I don't know what they're talking about. Right. Chris Christie comes in and says, uh, who cares about nuanced Mm. bills? Uh, We got to make decisions. Right. Right. Screw nuance. I just wonder if this is going to be the start of Rubio or some campaign trying to find a pattern and portray Cruz as a flip-flopper. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're going to try to attack him. I mean, Mm. the same strategy that you've seen with Trump, the guys in the front... 
know, the guy in the front is the guy. The guy in front is the one with the arrows in his back. And if you run into the front, as Cruz is starting to do, people begin to shoot at you who weren't shooting at you before. And, and this is, you know, I mean, if you like this as a way to prove the value of somebody or the or the uh, ability of someone to be president, see how they go through the fire. Cruz is about to go through the fire in a way that he hasn't before. He's going to be the front runner, and he's going to have maybe maybe Trump sits out, but he's still going to have ten people shooting at him. Was was his was Cruz's decision to say like no, I've never um, promoted a, a path to, to legalization? Was that a mistake? Couldn't he have said? Um, yeah, I did, and then now, based upon these new facts, he, uh, Cruz yeah. cannot say that because he has framed himself repeatedly right. as a consistent conservative. That's a phrase mm-hmm. he's used a bunch of times. I think he, I think he might have even done it in his speech, um, kicking off his race for president. So to him, there is no okay. flip. There is no changing your mind. It's you have to stick with the. If you don't stick with the positions you had when you, you know, when you were 12 years old, then something's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Which, with Cruz, that's actually almost true. Twelve years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, if you'd like us to change our minds, you can email us at tribcast at texastribune.org and let us know. Also, uh, if you like what you hear, please take a minute and go rate us on iTunes. We would appreciate it. We'd like to thank Shiny Ribs for doing our music, and on behalf of Ross, Amon, Jim, and our producer Todd, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. Who's sitting in Evan's chair? Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Do, do I have to like say more inappropriate things, or you have to be a, like twenty percent grouchier? Yeah, yeah you have right. to make incorrect predictions. No, okay. <laughs>